Hi everyone, and welcome back to It Takes a Pro to Treat a Pro. I'm your co-host, Eric Gully, and with me is Sam Goody and Dr. Justin Brazil. Dr. Brazil, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi guys. Uh, my name is Justin Brazil. I'm an orthopedic surgeon here in Bryan College Station. I've been here for eight years. Um, I've been part of uh, St. Joseph's CHI through the, throughout that entire time. I I'm on the board for St. Joseph Physicians Associates. I am specially trained in sports medicine and shoulder and elbow surgery, but as an orthopedic surgeon, we take care of all kinds of injuries from fractures to um, arthritis of the joints to tendon and ligament injuries, and we repair those and fix those, get people up and going. Man, thanks for coming in today and talking with us. We want to cover today a topic of interest to lots of our weekend warriors, which is shoulder pain and we know that you're an expert in this area so we're hoping to be able to get into some of the topics that you see that are of interest to our audience um those are going to be those injuries that are that occur during athletics and also that may limit folks who are going to the gym and doing those kind of things and anything really that you think is important for us to touch on today we'd love to to spend this time with you talking on those things yeah so shoulder pain is uh ubiquitous in the in, in all people so athletes is variable you know so some people can be teenagers and be real active and others can be 80 year olds and consider them athletes doing all kinds of things from uh table tennis to tennis to golf or even still running and so all athletes take all time all ages and all sizes um, what's important to know with the shoulder is that um, overuse phenomenon is really common um, in young athletes or older athletes. It's really important from a from a shoulder standpoint to make sure you have good form and whatever endeavor you like to embark upon. The important thing is to you know learn from people that have that skill set to teach you whether that be how to throw a baseball, how to sail, how to shoot a rifle properly, how to throw a discus. There's a lot of things that need to go into the to sports that are important to keep people from injuring their shoulders. So depending on the age group and who you're talking about, injuries can be very variable. So uh, young people, young teenagers, the, a lot of issues we see are overuse syndrome. So people that are throwing the baseball year round, um, taking no rest, um, they can occur an injury while in the field of sport, whether that be a dislocation, break a bone, tear a ligament. Our older patient population, overuse is, is more disuse, so we hadn't been using the muscles much, and they got to kind of rehabilitate themselves, get ready to do those sports and those activity, athletic en endeavors. Depending on the person, who they are, there's a lot, big spectrum of injuries from rotator cuff tears in my older populations to dislocations, instability, fracture. So would you say the more common cause of shoulder issues is just improper form and misuse versus acute trauma? Statistically speaking, yes. I mean, you're going to have a lot of collisions on a football field or in baseball. So we have you know more sports-based injuries in the soccer, football time, baseball, more rep repetitive overuse, you know, throwers injuries, things like that. But really, from a standpoint of if you look at population, people are going to come out, you know, weekend warriors are going to come out when they start out their form is typically off a little bit. They kind of are trying to accommodate and they're going to strain themselves. And that's going to be the most common injury. The actual surgical type injuries are, are more rare, but can be avoided with proper form and technique. So tell us a little bit about what folks often show up complaining of and how you go about the process of differentially diagnosing. Because I know that we see this sometimes in my clinic, you know, folks come in and their complaint is shoulder pain, but it may be truly coming from their neck or <laughs> coming from another area radiating, radiating up or down. It'd be good to hear a little bit about where that true shoulder pain shows up and how it presents yeah so people with uh, neck pain typically will have burning sensation so if you've ever fallen asleep and your arm has gone to sleep and you wake up and you kind of feel that burning or tingling and your your, t your fingertips are down your arm almost every day 
almost every day. <laughs> That's something that is you know neck related. It's kind of like a stinger. If you ever had a stinger when you were in your youth, or if you've cramped your neck and had electricity strikes down your arm, that's more neck-based pain. You tend to have the focus in your trapezius muscles and the muscles around your neck. Any movement of your neck will make it sore. You can turn your neck left to right and have that shooting symptoms down your, your shoulder to your hand. Shoulder pain tends to be in an area below the outside of your shoulder, the deltoid region, kind of below that area. It typically has to be, tends to be really irritating at night, cause people to stay up at night, will wake them up at night, and they'll complain of that subdeltoid pain. Um, more focal injuries such as the AC joint where the clavicle or your uh, collarbone meets your scapula or wing blade, they'll, people will complain of that being a little focal. You can kind of almost touch it or a big point tender there. And then there's a little variation between, but the big difference is the radicular symptom of pain, meaning the shooting numbness and tingling down your arm into your hand. That's what kind of differentiates a lot of neck pains from shoulder pains. So basically, if you can reach out with your other arm and kind of grab just below your deltoid, that's much more likely to be shoulder pain than if you're feeling pain that's radiating all the way up and down and even sometimes up into the neck. That's that's often coming from your neck and, and may not benefit from from seeing you per se certainly needs to see a doctor but but may not necessarily benefit from seeing you one of the issues too is that there's a little crossover because people will have pain as you look into their shoulder down their shoulder blade and their trapezius along the musculature of their shoulder blade so what people don't realize is that really the shoulder girdle is the clavicle your wing blade or scapula and how that attaches to your thorax or your chest wall and so really all those muscles help to stabilize the shoulder and they're part of it so there can be some crossover because the nerves will innervate the back of the shoulder there, and it can be actually from your neck, and it's kind of sometimes hard to parse out. But by and large, most shoulder pain is going to present as underneath that, if you to grab the side of your arm, kind of between your two-thirds away from your shoulder down your arm towards your elbow on the outside, that's where people are going to complain of shoulder pain. When we see these guys in physical therapy, we often see the main complaint of, you know, I do fine if I'm I'm reaching down, you know, I'm washing dishes, I'm doing things at kind of waist level and and down there, everything's okay. But if I reach up above my shoulder, that's where I really start to get into pain. So often in those cases, what we're looking at is whether or not that patient might have some kind of tendonitis, right? Some kind of issue with their rotator cuff or their biceps tendon, those kind of things. So if we're talking about those kind of injuries where it doesn't really show up until they reach overhead, what are some of the things that folks can do to really begin to address those pains on their own, see if they can avoid having to come in and see a doc and know when they do need to come and see you? You know, if you can take a Coke can in your right hand and extend your elbow out and then try to put that on the top shelf of your dish cabinet and you can't get that Coke can up and it hurts really bad in that area we talked about um, and you're having those night pains, it's probably somebody who needs to come in and see us, especially if you um, are anywhere from 40 to 70. It's a good time where you can have a rotator cuff injury that requires it. You know, as you get younger, 20s to 40s, full thickness rotator cuff tears are more likely strains and not full thickness injuries unless you did something real severe like fell from a height, grabbed onto something at a high velocity like on a motorcycle, something like that. It's a less common injury to have that big full thickness tear. Things that people can do at home are real simple things, you know. Anecdotally, ice and heat. Ice is really for when the, the body is swollen to get the swelling down, compress the vessels to decrease the pain associated with that. Um, as time goes on, you want to use heat really to stretch the tissues out. You're trying to just like you would be work on a piece of leather that had been frozen or cold, you're trying to denature or stretch out that piece of leather to help your tissues be more pliable and plastic and more functional. Moist seed and ice are things that can be really effective at first. 
anti-inflammatories, ibuprofen, Aleve, simple over-the-counter things, as well as Tylenol, depending on your stomach. You got to be careful and make sure doctor recommendations if you're taking any blood thinners, things like that. Beyond that, home stretching exercises, which there's you know a myriad of things you can find on the internet, stick exercises, pendulum pulleys, all kinds of things, um, which are just simply just working on statically stretching your shoulder. And people always want to say, do I need to strengthen it first? It's like, no, you really just need to regain your motion. That's the most important thing first. If you've lost that, that's the most important first step because it doesn't matter how strong you are if your block to motion is such that you can't get extra rotator overhead like you should. You'll never get it back even if you're as strong as you want to be. So beyond that, as you start to see yourself failing those measures, then it might be a good time to come and see somebody to be evaluated. Sure, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things we often miss and that we see a lot in in the physical therapy clinic is that individual who shows up with postural issues, right, where they're kind of slumping down. And and you can test this on yourself. If you kind of slump down and try to reach up overhead, most of us are going to feel a little bit of front-sided shoulder pain. And then if you make yourself sit up real tall and proud, kind of stick your chest out and then try to reach up over your head, often you'll have a fairly significant decrease in any symptoms. And another kind of idea, and we love this one because we live here in Aggieland, is you're always in Aggie and Aggieland. So if you lead, anytime you reach overhead, you lead with your thumb like you're given a gigum, you're going to be much less likely to have any of those impingements type pain. So that's some of the really easy physical therapy things that we talk about that can help reduce those symptoms of impingement and compression, knowing that these issues are showing up cyclically, right? So that it's kind of like biting the inside of your cheek. If you bite the inside of your cheek one time, then that inside of your cheek kind of swells up. And the next time you go and eat, it, you're much more likely to do it again. Well, your rotator cuff and those those tissues up underneath your shoulder kind of function in the same way in that if you reach overhead and you get that compression one time, or if you do something, you fall down, you reach out and grab something heavy, etc., and you get that compression, that pain, you're much more likely to do that again. So reducing the repetitiveness with which you impinge that or pinch those structures in that area can be real effective. Why don't you talk to us a little bit, Dr. Brazil, about what you guys do in clinic to address some of those symptoms of impingement and inflammation in that shoulder that can kind of help break that cyclical pattern of pinch and swell. You know, when we look at people's shoulders and you're talking about posture, really, when you're looking at a thrower, a young thrower, one of the things we focus on is even things you don't think about. We we focus on their quads, their core, their back, because really thorax, the shoulder sits on your chest wall, but the mechanics of how your back is moving with your leg is really important to look at all those things. And those can actually affect an upper body thrower very immensely. So you got to focus on those things actually as kind of building the base then work up to the shoulder. Um, when you're looking on the, at the shoulder itself, when you're talking about inflammation underneath the shoulder, now impingement was coined by a do- famous doctor, Dr. Near from New York. Um, it's become colloquial anecdotal term. It has some portion of that is important, but in reality, it's really just inflammation in the bursa, the tissue below your shoulder. Sometimes there's a little spur there. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes pain associated with moving, things you can do for that. Consistent anti-inflammatory with a home stretching program, icing it when it's swollen, things like injections that can be utilized, steroid injections, things like that to decrease the swelling, and then giving it time. So removing that repetitious overuse syndrome, whatever it is you're doing, throwing 100 pitches, hitting 100 golf balls, painting your roof, whatever it is that you're doing that's causing that, things that you can do to remove that nidus. Being involved with not just acutely addressing those symptoms through, like you said, the ice and the injections and those kind of things, but then probably some other kind of active rehabilitation, as you touched on before, really strengthening those those muscles back between the shoulder blades and kind of that connect down, those trapezius muscles that connect down to the lower thoracic spine from that 
as Dr. Brazil said, the wing blade or the scapula um, in order to improve the motion there. And I think that's a really good point, Dr. Brazil. And I'm glad you brought that up about core rehabilitation, core strength, because there's some really good studies out there about, like you said, young throwers and the propensity towards elbow injuries and shoulder injuries and how they're decreased through active rehabilitation of the core. I'm sure that that's something that you guys see fairly regularly, Sam. Constantly. I mean, a lot of the people that we see um, within the athletic training room with shoulder injuries is that they're just throwing too much or they're throwing incorrectly or they have such a imbalance with the dynamics of the muscles between everything from their quadriceps to their hamstring strength to their glute strength to their core to their shoulders and especially around the girdle around your scapula there was a study done a couple of years ago about preventing rotator cuff injuries as well as preventing tommy john surgery and that's your serratus anterior strength if you have a weak serratus anterior you don't have as adequate amount of motion within your scapula whenever you raise your arm up to a certain point you raise it over your head and you have that motion through pitching and it provides an unstable base for your rotator cuff to work off of and that just predisposes you to an injury eventually so i think it's important not to jump in there that a lot of these muscle groups are not very well taught by common weightlifting muscle groups that are not really focused on you focused in it to focus on your biceps your pecs your lats your traps but people don't really focus on the internal external rotators of the rotator cuff they don't focus on the stratus anterior the rhomboids any of the muscles that keep the shoulder blade on the on the thorax and those are muscles that really kind of need the expertise of a physical therapist to really be fine-tuned and improved sam let's talk a little bit about what exercises you love during the active rehabilitation phase for these types of impingement or overhead shoulder pain type injuries, where do you like to start and where do you like to get to? Let's talk a little bit about what those exercises should look like, how they should feel, etc. A lot of people, whenever they come into the clinic or uh, the athletic training where we are and we're giving them exercises, I notice a lot of them have a lot of postural deformities in that everything in the front is really, really tight and all the muscles in their back and around their scapula is elongated and really weak. So first thing we try to do is get those muscles in the back working correctly and moving with the scapula that they should because something that we see with younger children and people who have something like thoracic outlet syndrome is called a winging scapula is where they pick up their arm and you put any pressure that scapula just kind of juts out and you it almost looks like a wing coming out of somebody's back and some of the exercises that we do real simple a row or a serratus pull down or any kind of simple rotator cuff exercises to try when we think about what that scapula looks like when it's pointing off the back of somebody like that that's that's a key indicator that something is going wrong and even when they don't have any shoulder pain if you're looking at an athlete and you're or you're working out you're looking at your kids working out and you're seeing that that scapula is kind of sticking backwards out of their out of their back um that there's there is a profound issue with that neuromotor balance and strength exactly and one exercise uh, that i think is overutilized in the military and underutilized in people uh, working out is the push-up uh, there was a study done a couple of years ago uh, related to serratus anterior activation with exercise and the push-up was one of the best exercises you could do but you have to do it in a specific way a regular push-up with your hands just underneath your shoulders is great activation for your trapezius the wider you get your hands the more activation you have of your serratus anterior and the way to make it even more difficult is to put your hand in different placements so have one hand higher than the other and something i have in my clinic uh, whenever i'm doing rehabilitation for somebody's shoulder scapular dyskinesis or rotator cuff strain is i have a grid on the ground with a, about a foot wide for each square and it looks just like a phone like an old school phone you have one two three four five six Mm-hmm. Seven, eight, yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. zero. Okay. I put their hands in the middle of that square 
and I say, do a push-up for each number of your phone number. Okay, so, so they got the left hand at one and the right hand at nine or something like and that. And then going to a six and then a zero and a two and doing a push-up in between those things. And it's a great stability exercise and a great strengthening exercise for people's, for the serratus anterior. And I imagine you're asking them to do what we often refer to as the push-up plus as part of that, where they're doing that last bit at the top of the push-up when, they're, when they've pushed up, that we're asking them to push round just a little bit further. So push all the way as if they're trying to push their spine towards the ceiling where we really start to get even that last little bit of extra activation in the serratus anterior. Exactly. And if that's too difficult for them, we can even have them just on their back and have them take a one pound dumbbell, a can of soup or something really lightweight so it's not their body weight and doing that exercise exactly. So you're taking your arm and you're pushing up and then you just kind of push up extra into the sky. And those are excellent exercises, you know, and I think going back and talking about that idea of any type of front row or front raise or lateral raise, especially leading with the thumb, that idea of thumb up in Aggie land is where we want to be, helps to decrease the incidence of impingement and pain in the shoulder. But I think one thing that maybe we haven't touched on quite enough is posture and how important this is to decreasing shoulder pain. You know, I did a clinical rotation when I was in school directly across from NASA. This type of pain, this type of posturally related pain was about 80% of our practice there. And it just has to do with how we live our lives these days. We spend so much time in the front, hunched over a computer, hunched over a phone, hunched over an iPad, whatever it is. And like you said, Sam, we get tight in the front and weak in the back. And so all those type of row exercises and posterior chain strengthening exercises are really, really important for kind of equalizing the strength and forming better mechanics around how the the shoulder blade moves, knowing that the shoulder blade is the foundation of health for the shoulder. One of the most interesting new pieces of technology I've seen is called the upright posture trainer and it's a little device that sticks on your back or you can wear it with a necklace and holds it in a specific position across your upper thoracic spine and it basically is a biofeedback device right it gives you some some buzzing or some tingling in your back you kind of stick it there and it gives you that feedback that tells you when you start to slump and really truly it's something i tell my patients every single day when we're rehabbing these type of shoulder pains is that if your posture isn't where it needs to be your likelihood of suffering shoulder pain is dramatically higher and so those type of biofeedback training devices can really really help over time not just with shoulder pain but with neck issues and thoracic spine issues and all those kind of things and with what we do within our professions it's it's fun to see the general population just walking around places like walmart and the mall and just places where there's a bunch of people and you actually see these postural deformities and you just want to go up to and be like hey Sit up straight. Pull your shoulders back. One, we, I had an assignment uh, in my rehabilitation class in college. We actually went around and took pictures of people without them knowing it about their posture. And oh my goodness, don't, I don't do know that. If that's, that's illegal. I don't know if that's illegal or not. But uh, we never mind. We deleted the photos. I promise. But yeah, we were able to actually compare different kind of postural abnormalities and how they could uh, attribute to different shoulder issues and. Not only does it play a role in what we're doing every day, you know, when we're working at a computer, when we're doing our functional activities, but most especially when we go and we try to rehabilitate these things on our own, when we go to the gym and we say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work that posterior chain. I'm going to do some rows. I'm going to do some lat pulls. I'm going to do all those kind of things. So, so important. Number one, that the posture is where it needs to be, that you're kind of in that chest up proud position. And that the very first motion before you ever move the arm at all into a row or into 
into a lat pull is that the shoulder blade should move down and back. We often tell people, try to put the points of your shoulder blade in your opposite back pockets. And when you do that first and then do your pull exercise, whether it's a bent over row or whether it's a standard row or a lat pull or a low trap lat pull or any number of exercises designed to strengthen that posterior chain, it should all really involve seating that scapula down and back where the shoulder blades are in the opposite back pockets or moving in that direction anyway. So probably the most important thing to come out of this is that scapula function is probably the most important facet in preventing shoulder injury. Absolutely. Shoulder blade position and the movement of the shoulder blade down and back before any of these exercises commence, that really is the underpinning for true shoulder health. And then you've got posture as it relates to that. So really making sure that, that you are in correct position and utilizing the resources, whether they be a physical therapist, an athletic trainer, a personal trainer in the gym, or even a mirror or biofeedback training tool like the upright can really be effective at driving proper form and proper mechanics, driving down pain in the long term and allowing your body to do what it's designed to do, which is heal, which is get better, right? I mean, that's the reality of these types of, as Dr. Brazil alluded to, these types of overuse training injuries is that we are caught in these cyclical patterns of pinch and swell and then making that chronic, doing it over and over and again. If we can break that cycle, your body will get better. If you cut yourself and you take good care of the cut, it heals. It's what your body's designed to do. And so what we need to do often with, with rehabilitation of the shoulder is just get out of your body's way and let it do what it's designed to do. Well, thanks for coming in and joining us to talk about shoulder pain today, Dr. Brazil. I think we've learned a lot about what we can do and what we can avoid in order to get back to exercising and doing the things we love to do but while maintaining our, the great health in our shoulders. Yeah, thank you guys. So to all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you tuning in. Talk to you soon. And remember, you don't have to be a pro to be in the know.